0: Hello my lovely, this is Mekai Sang and before we jump into today's amazing episode I want to let you know that this is all brought to you by the Ultimate Podcast Guesting Workshop Series. This is something that you might want to look into if you're looking to get booked as a guest expert on aligned podcasts to expand your reach to new audiences and to grow your business pretty much on autopilot because once those interviews go live they're pretty much on the internet forever right? So if you have been intrigued by this process maybe you sent a couple pictures here and there but you're not quite making it a sustainable strategy into your business or maybe it hasn't yielded a return yet and so this whole workshop series is designed to take you from the a to z process and the first part is very much about how to set up your business to actually optimize the potential for return on investment into your time and energy into the strategy overall. What goes into a yes-worthy pitch? Yes, I'll be sure to cover that as well with plenty of examples um, and some actually from previous students from this workshop series. And of course, even after all the pitch work is done, I will also be guiding you through the process on how to really make the most out of the interview process, how to prepare yourself, how to be a standout guest, and really how to leverage your interviews long after they've gone live. So if this is something that you're interested in, I invite you to check it out over at makeasound.com forward slash UPG. And at the time of this recording, I do want to mention as well that there will be a price increase towards the end of the year. So in Q4 of 2023 the investment will go up from $333 which is currently at right now in USD and it will be going up to 555 USD on account of a couple of exclusive bonuses that will be dropping in very very soon. So if this is something that you've been keeping your eye out on for a while or maybe this is the first you've heard of it I invite you to check it out sooner rather than later. Okay. So again, the details are over at megasound.com forward slash UPG. And if you do have any questions about it at all, There's a little video widget of me in the bottom right hand corner, regardless of whether you're on mobile, tablet or desktop, and that is there for you should you have any questions at all. So if you're, is there something that wasn't answered in the FAQ, maybe you're interested in knowing whether this is for your business, this, that, and the other, that video widget is there for your support as well. So again, those final details are over at makeasound.com forward slash UPG. Again, I'll pop that link in the show notes and yep. That is there for you if you want to get booked on more podcasts this year and moving forward. All right, that's it for me for now. And now let's get back to the episode. Hello, my lovelies. This is Maykay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover, and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. I am so excited for this conversation today because there's a word that I've been using just to describe the way that I now show up in a way that's so much more sustainable. And when I met my guest that I'm about to introduce in just a second, like, he just completely owned this word, and I love it. So today we're actually going to be talking about cyclical living in a linear world. And who better to speak with us about this than the wonderful Susanna Christine. So Susanna, hi, welcome to the My Podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yes, oh gosh. Um, I remember when you wrote out this line, I was like, yes. Like I don't even need to know exactly what it entails, but just yes to all of this. So I'm just so curious. Like when we talk about cyclical living, um, you you mentioned the menstrual cycles, the lunar cycles, seasonal cycles, creative cycles, so many cycles that we could work with. But before we get into all of that goodness, I'm just curious, like what is it about the cyclicalness of these cycles that made you want to talk about this?
1: Oh, such a good question to start with. It's my own lived experience of not living, um, you know, in connection with my body, and it really influenced my life in a very um, significant way. Um, So before I even understood um, what it meant to be cyclical, I very much lived a very disconnected life. And mm-hmm. then along came chronic illness that kind of knocked me down um, and made me reevaluate. And it has been very much a path to um, understanding and embracing this cyclical way of being. And what I've come to, to learn through my own um, you know, healing process is that our human experience is cyclical. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live um, in the natural world and the natural world itself, like if you think environmentally, is cyclical. There's the seasons of, of the earth um, as human beings. Hormonally, biologically, we are also in constant motion. Um, and so very much we're cyclical beings living in a cyclical world and there's this, uh, we kind of, we, we go against that um, in terms of sort of... Uh, you know, this the world is very much linear in terms of production and, and constantly doing and always being on and it disconnects us from our cyclical nature.
0: Oh, gosh, I'm just, like, nodding away here. I'm like, yes, 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 because one of the things I was going to ask you is, like, what do you think it is that makes us disconnect from our cyclical nature as a whole? And you mentioned the linear world. Could you venture further into that like um, like what is it that can stop us what are the most common roadblocks that you see in people who aren't quite in a position where they fully honor their cyclical nature
1: some of the common roadblocks is we're conditioned from a very young age to move in this linear fashion in the world and so, from the moment we are born, there's this ultimate structure and systems that are placed on us to continue moving forward. Um, so, if we think about, you know, as children, we learn by going to school. Um, then, from that point on, there's there's the next phase of after school. Then there's work. So then you're getting to work and to build um, from that that place and to and to move forward. You need to continually be producing. Um, and and it's always moving forward and the thing about the linear world is it doesn't then take into consideration our capacity our energy and how it fluctuates and ebbs and it flows um you know there's no flexibility there's no opportunity for for rest and reflection and for you know, really embracing our our human experience and and the nuance that that comes with that. And so the linear world is very much hustle, grind, push, and that's necessary to a certain extent for, for, you know, for the world to go around, like we still need to be producing and showing up and doing, but at the same time, We also need to honour our capacity and our energy and where we're at and to be flexible and to take moments of pause, to take rest, to be able to look inwards and see, you know, this is how I'm feeling, Um, whereas there's not that flexibility and that opportunity when we work in that very much always on, always producing, always doing way Whereas a cyclical way of living gives you that opportunity and to be in rhythm with the natural cycle, whether that's your biological cycle, such as your menstrual cycle, whether that's environmentally with the seasons of the earth, or even our personal cycles, such as how we create or, um, you know, our intuition and when we how that shows up and, you know, we tap into that. And so it's, this, the cyclical way of living is this beautiful flow which is natural. It comes natural to us. It's, it's instinctive. And whether we're conscious of it or not, it's still there. And we lose that. We are conditioned very young and, and very early on in life to move in that linear way forward and to discount and to not connect or be aware of the fact that we are actually sick people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when, when you said school, I just immediately thought, "Yep." I remember waking up at the same time every single day, and you know, going to school for X amount of hours, and then just everything just felt like it was so autopilot. Where <laughs> I mean, like these days of you know, I'm I'm not in school anymore. I've graduated from university quite a long time ago. <laughs> and I still judge myself for not being an early bird for example for the nine-to-fivers in the world and I actually met a fellow night owl they're quite I I even feel that fellow night owls are kind of like we're kind of like hidden in plain sight and almost don't want to own that because it's not the quote-unquote ideal, because like, oh, it's not productive to to only do things that night. You have the whole morning from four a.m. to to do that. Like, good for you if you can. But <laughs> like, I I'll, I'll be quite honest. It's not uncommon for me to stay up until four a.m. And the reason why is because my my personal um, life, my partner, who is a very dear part of my life. She comes home super late, sometimes two in the morning because of like how far away her work is, right? If I honored the early bird 4 a.m. rise thing, I would never see her. And this is my life partner. So that doesn't seem to make sense. That's one thing. And second thing, in my business in itself, most, the majority of my clients actually are on a different time zone to me where later on in the day is actually their morning or early afternoon so it makes sense business-wise and life-wise and yet I still judge myself for not being a super early bird the only time I ever am is when I fly to the US and my time zone my time clock has gone a (laughs) bit funky and then and then I'm like okay now I'm an early bird (laughs) so I'm just like Basically, I'm feeling everything that you said about being conditioned so early on and to kind of like ingrain that sense of judgment if we don't fit in with the quote unquote norm. But there are plenty of us who work outside the 95 period. And um, yeah, it's just definitely takes some time to start integrating. So that brings me to my next question. And that is like, how did you even begin to get started with integrating? Like which type of cycle did you start honoring first? I'm very curious about that.
1: So for me, uh, in the, the cycle that really resonates and I lean on the most um, personally is my menstrual cycle. And, again, that's very closely tied to, you know, my, my um, experience of living with a chronic illness and what that entails and the impacts it has on my health. And so I started off very purely tracking my cycle for the symptoms so I could have those conversations at every specialist appointment, of what was going on physically for me. And it's I've been in this lifestyle, you could call it, of cyclical living now for about nine years. And wow. it's it's been this gradual process and, and uncovering and exploration of what it means. To be a cyclical being in a cyclical world. And really, just it's a when I look back on those nine years, it's kind of go, wow, look how much I know about myself now. And yet, still, as, as an emerging business owner, I'm my third year into my coaching business, and I'm very much emerging and learning along the way. I still find myself influenced by this conditioning of the linear world and it's only now in my third year of business still emerging where I've said to myself, or come to this realisation, I really need to move at my own pace and to honour that because that's how I function best. That's how I can best show up in my business and how I create and what I share, and what inspires me, and how I can be of service to myself, but also to my clients and community. And for me, it's very much a lifestyle now. It's very much a part of who I am. I talk about, you know, cyclical living with a lot of people, (laughs) Um, you know, personally in my own life. Um, but also in my business and also in random places like the supermarket. (laughs) I've had conversations when I'm buying menstrual products with people, like it's very much a part of who I am, but it always was. It was learning to embrace that. It it was exploring what it means for me um, and what that looks like for me, how that feels like for me. You know, how does it feel to live cyclically is probably the best place to start. Like how does it feel? Because it will look and feel so different for each and every one of us. You know, if we think about the menstrual cycle, not all of us have a menstrual cycle. We may be in menstruating bodies but not all of us at different points in our lives will have a, um, a menstrual cycle. And for some of us who may not have a cycle for whatever reason that may be, we may feel more drawn to the lunar cycle. And so the moon itself isn't always full, it isn't always on. There's moments of darkness where it builds up to that fullness, and you see the the full moon, and you're like, wow, look at just look at the moon shining, you know, like. I do
0: I, I, all I, her
1: glory like there she is she's arrived <laughs>
0: yeah I, I literally uh the last full moon that happened I literally stopped in the middle of the street like not on the road or anything but like on the pavement um and I just I was just in awe of it it was so stunning it was beautiful and um uh but before uh, we go into lunar cycle part I just want to acknowledge for anyone who's listening um when we speak about the menstrual cycle like, you, you already touched on it as well already, Sus- uh, Susanna. I just want to say, when we speak about the menstrual cycle, we mean anyone who, who bleeds, right? Or in your in what you said as well, which I love that you acknowledged it Like, you can be a menstrual being without having a menstrual cycle. So, like, just want to say that uh, for anyone who like heard the word menstrual, it's like, oh, I'm not sure this applies to me. It might, um but that's why I love that we're talking about different types of cycles as well, because you know the moon exists for us all (laughs) as well so I just (laughs) want to say thank you for acknowledging that and um because the lunar cycle is one that I I personally started integrating first I think the first one that naturally came to me was um the seasonal cycle because I found in business towards the winter time like everyone starts kind of like reflecting for the new year and just to start looking back on like what was what was great what was not so great this year so business wise um, and life-wise, like yes, like I I know that when we start, like at least in the UK anyway, um, where we do have most mainly cold weather, than we do warm. But <laughs> like as soon as it hits um like September or October, we start getting the gloves and the coats and the the hats and the scarves and everything, and we start wanting to be more at home and just kind of like doing like really like warm, toasty kind of activities, like puzzles with the kids or just what whatever that is. Um so the seasonal cycle of life like the spring, summer, autumn and uh, winter is I started noticing anytime I had a particularly emotional emotionally charged time, let's just say um, I would speak to my friend and she is like she's she's my um, spiritual guide um I wouldn't quite call her a mentor but I've worked with her but she doesn't claim herself a mentor anyway but um, she would always tell me. May it's the full moon (laughs) and she would keep telling me this over and over and slowly but surely I started looking into like how I actually am in the moon like I I don't know every single phase I know that the moon like it waxes and wanes and like you said there's periods of darkness and then there's a build-up to its full glory the full moon so I've only really started um doing rituals around the new moon and the full moon but it's just, I'm just so curious about your thoughts on like how you started integrating the lunar cycle into your, like just taking that into consideration with how you want to show up at times and times when you also feel like, no, it's okay. It's my time of retreat and rest. So what's that been like for you?
1: You know, I I, I have to say, I love how you stated. I don't know all the phases of the moon and, <laughs> and like, neither do I and I'm a, cycle coach there's there's like there's something crescent I think um there's uh, oh there's There's another one there's there's like so many yeah like waxing crescent or something yeah there's there's you know there's all sorts and so I like I when I talk about it in my work it's more the there's four primary phases of the moon so there's the new moon um the first quarter moon the full moon and then the last quarter moon or the three quarter moon um so if we think about that in a, in the seasonal way mm. the new moon is winter spring right. summer okay that helps autumn. so
0: much yes so it's
1: building up to that energy winter is very much you know kind of like things pause the rest mm-hmm. and so the moon is similar it's building up it's it's waxing the energy is increasing to its fullness with the full moon and so, I love that you touched on that because I'm like, that is so important. <laughs> don't stress out because even I, like, and to anyone listening, you hear, like, I don't know. I just see it in the sky and it looks beautiful. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. However, I will state it's called timeanddate.com, I believe. And you can put in there, it talks about the moon phases, the sun, the pla- It's Very fascinating. And you can put in there where you're located and it will tell you the four primary phases if you feel like I want to align my life to the lunar cycle. And you can put in where you live and it will tell you this is when the new moon is, this is when the first quarter moon is, the full moon. And so it gives you this kind of cyclical framework. Mm. Um, And I've very much been leaning into and playing with the lunar cycle and how that may translate into my business um, and very much I see similarities. The similarities in all the cycle, cyclical frameworks that we'll talk, touch on today. The thing about the Lunacy it gives you this starting point. It's in business, if you're planning, say, on creating something or putting something out in the world, um, following the cycle of the moon gives you this space and opportunity to be and do at the same time. So you don't have to just be in that phase of just creating. And so I've lent into looking at in my business when I share things, you know, when, when I'm sitting in the ideas space and the inspiration space and just collecting that um what comes through for me and that is the new moon is usually a good time to set those intentions. Similarly, if you have a menstrual cycle, when you're menstruating is also sort of akin to that that um, phase with with the new moon and then starting to put those ideas into action around the first quarter moon so as you move to that phase, as you build up that that energy you start creating, putting things together, um, and then the full moon being that time of sharing or creating. Um, and then as you move into that third quarter phase towards that darkness again, just before the new moon, it's that time to sort of evaluate and analyse and reflect. And so mm-hmm. I, I've been playing with that in my business a little bit. But again, because I lean more to the menstrual cycle, like it's the one that resonates with me most. Mm-hmm. Um it and my menstrual cycle and the lunar cycles don't line up, and they don't have to absolutely not. There are people out there who bleed on the new moon, amazing, and then there's people who ovulate on the full moon and it looks nice on paper, so to speak, but we're all very much moving at our own rhythm, and so we don't have to necessarily fit these these boxes like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like there's these um, each cyclical framework has its own characteristics and archetypal characteristics and experiences and then there's your own personal experience as well and that's the personal experience is the one that counts.
0: mm. I I love that you said that because immediately when we got into a little bit more of the nitty gritty, I thought to myself like, oh, gosh, I need to remember this, 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 this. But I love that you said like, look, some cycles may not align and it really depends on which one has the most resonance for you and relevancy as well. Because um, I I do follow the moon cycle, but quite loosely, still intentionally. But again, I don't know all of the phases. And something that came up um, as we were speaking about the different phases for anybody who's ever tried, um, it's kind of like a biscuit, but also kind of a cake. It's called Jaffa Cakes. Um, and it's basically um, a spongy, cakey biscuit where um, the sponge at the bottom, there's a bit of orange jelly and um, chocolate on top. And basically, like anybody who's ever had a Jaffa Cake, they're, they'll probably know this advert. But basically, there was a, a teacher and there was circle time with the kids um, when they're like telling stories and things. And she brings out this Jaffa cake from the box and she goes, full moon. And she takes a bite. So half moon. She eats the whole thing and goes, totally eclipse. <laughs> I <laughs> and, love that. <laughs> I mean, like, that's how I first learned about um, uh, you've got, like, how the moon changes. Because I was always curious as a child. I was like, oh, why is the moon changing? Um, but now I know. But I do want to say as well, as well as uh, timeanddate.com or the or the actual website, which I'll be sure to pop in the links by the way, for those of you who are curious about that website. Um, I also recommend uh checking out the moon app. So if you just um whichever phone you have, whether it's Android or Apple, um go to your app store and just type in Moon app. And the um the little thumbnail of what the app looks like on your phone is like the moon. And basically I get notifications when like the noon the new moon is about to come or um uh, what's it? or the full moon is coming so you can actually place um like the date um so for example if there's a very specific date and you're going to be curious about where the moon is going to be at that time you can put in the date um other than that it actually just it's basically you just it just shows you where the moon is at and the only thing else that you can do is like learning like to which like where is the potency of the full moon or the new moon right now is it 100% or 99% etc so that is also another option if you really want to start checking out the lunar cycle I I love that it just notifies me like full moon is coming um in 14 days or something like that and um it's really helped so I love how you said that you're starting to really start to see what this looks like in your business. Because when I really look back in retrospect, I'm in a time in my business at the time of this recording of like a lot of creation. And um specifically, I'm revamping my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series, which is where I teach people how to book themselves on a line podcast without having to send a ton of pictures. And I distinctly remember before i started revamping everything i set the intention on the new moon i did a I do a burning ritual where i set my intentions and i burn them just to kind of like had those ideas like transmute into the universe and just to kind of co-create with it and i love that and um yeah and now now as you're saying it it's making me think oh yeah so this is how it's all playing out and the full moon is actually when when I'm ready to talk about it like in its entirety, because it would have been done by then, like all of the updates for for that workshop series. So by you just like saying this, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see it now. So thank you so much for that insight. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So we've spoken about menstrual cycles and lunar cycles, seasonal cycles even, but we also touched on creative cycles. And I'm just curious about what does that mean? Because That sounds like a very personal practice to be aware of. So I'm just curious, like, where do we even start with uncovering what our creative cycle looks like?
1: I think you've touched on it already right now with saying you're curious. Mm. That's where you start. And it very much is a creative cycle, um, very much is a personal experience and it's understanding your own creative Rhythm and output and when you're most inspired, when the ideas drop in, when is that? You know, when do you feel um, you can start to, you know, be creative and, and start to, you know, bring things together and when is it that you feel like you can share? Whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's an offer in your business or um, a product, uh, an opt-in, a blog post, whatever it may be. <clears throat> there's a creative cycle, and that can last a few days, a day, even like, or um, you know, if we think about it in in a launch plan, it could be a ninety-day launch plan. There's that creative cycle that you will move through um, from, you know, and then whatever next is, and so there's very much it is a personal. Um, experience the creative cycle and tapping into that curiosity of I want to know more as to how I create what is that for me what does that look like in my business how does that feel Um, I get really curious in my own business in the creative cycle around when the inspiration strikes
0: Mm -hmm. when
1: does the intuitive flow for me come into play i've noticed particularly it's just before my period and during my period like the first few days like ideas galore inspiration insights just downloading but at the same time that's very much my low energy point and mm. so i can't take action mm-hmm. if i did i could there's nothing saying I couldn't. There's nothing stopping me. But I know in that moment I need to sit with it. I need to integrate that. It needs to sort of flow through me, pun intended. <laughs> it needs to really flow through me before I can then come out of that lower energy and I can feel my energy increasing and actually start to take action. So I think about the creative like a cycle more about sort of the the inspiration, the new ideas, the possibilities that come in and then you move to sort of that that creation stage, that creation and the putting together and the sharing or offering, whatever it may be, and what's next is the reflection and that is really important, I feel, and something we, we may miss in the excitement of what we're doing, especially when we love what we're doing, what we're offering, is a reflection to come back and going, how, you know, did this work? You know, did, what didn't go so great? What do I need to tweak next time? What did I love about this experience and what did I not? You know, what are the, the bare minimum that I need to be doing, the non-negotiables? Where's the tension? Um, and how can I release some of that tension? And so the reflection is just as important as the inspiration and the creation. And then there's the rest, the celebration, the acknowledgement, the gratitude. We don't have to jump into the next project or the next offering or the next launch. So let's just be in it for a moment. Like we've arrived in this place, we've we've created something, And it's similarly to if we're creating just art for ourselves or drawing or, you know, whatever it may be, there's that creative process that still goes into that. And so, again, it's recognising and starting to be curious about what that looks like for you.
0: I love that you mentioned the importance of reflection and rest after the creation process because I definitely get caught up in the excitement and um, I'm a manifester in terms of my human design and I my being um, whenever I have a creative urge I have the ability and the means to action it almost straight away (laughs) and sometimes I might do that a bit too much but at the same time because for anybody who knows human design, especially what manifestor cycles are like, um, it sounds scary when I'm when I know that you know we live in a linear world, in a way, or rather we have a conditioned linear lifestyle. I should say. Yes. Um, hearing that manifestors are eighty percent rest and twenty percent creation, you bet your honey buns that a part of me is like, well, if I if if I'm naturally only twenty percent creation. When I do have this urge, I'm going to action on it. You know, um, but something else that came up for me as you were speaking was that curiosity piece, right? Getting curious, like what are the patterns that you can spot for yourself when you find yourself super creative? Because when when you were speaking about yours, I started naturally thinking, where where does my creative process come from? And mine actually comes in two places. One, one can relate to a lot of things in the shower. <laughs> some of my best ideas truly yeah. do come in the shower <laughs> and I don't know maybe it's the water like I'm washing I'm I'm like I don't know watching this water go down the drain I don't know what it is but maybe it's the pure that pre- like people say is because that like, you're purely present with yourself maybe and the second part which I now am a lot more intentional about is actually when I have meaningful conversations with people that is why I've now I'm still mindful of my capacity because I am an introvert I'm a highly sensitive person I'm an empath all of those things and because of that being around too many people at a given time can actually lead to more overwhelm and so that's why I'm very conscious of my calendar and um, who I open it up to to book uh, to have a call with so something I do in my business is something called cup of catch-ups where I set aside one hour every month I split it into three 20-minute calls and then um, those calls. Um, whoever's on my email list and catches the email and they book their slot, we just connect for the sake of it. And there are so many of these incredible humans that I've gotten to meet, put a face to the name. Um, we Our conversations can go from anywhere, from all things business. Some, we ask existential questions, like what's the meaning of life? Some just <laughs> want to talk about my cats and some want to talk about plants and the garden that they are planting. Um, like there are so many different things, but there are also some of those conversations that really lead me into the ether of my my creative space. And it just helps me clarify something when they ask me a question and i verbalize it out loud i'm like oh okay where did that come from and so i now acknowledge that conscious conversations with aligned people not just anybody but people who are on my email list so of course there's already an element of connection there um i now know that they really aid my creative my creative process and it's been a sustainable practice i've integrated into my business for three years now so i i just love what you're saying here like the curiosity just like really spotting like when is it that you feel most creative like what elements are involved with that take a note of it because like you said it's personal to you so yeah just love this
1: (laughs) i love the shower share because it makes it made me (laughs) feel when you were saying that because and i know our listeners cannot see me but where i sit in my office there's a whiteboard behind me and it's usually scribbled with so much right now it's not i wiped it off but it's usually (laughs) scribbled with all my random thoughts that will drop in at random times sometimes it's while i'm cooking dinner i'll walk away and scribble something on the whiteboard and then go back to what i'm doing but nine times out of ten my ideas drop in the shower and i will stand at this whiteboard naked dripping wet the (laughs) shower writing down these ideas before i forget
0: Whatever yes. it is that's
1: come through, like it might be like, oh, great idea for a blog post. This is what I want to talk about. Me and my client, we're talking about this. This resource may actually help them. I need to make sure I write this down because it, it can drop out for me. Mm. And so having this way to capture it. But I, the shower thing made me laugh because I'm like, <laughs> oh, if people could see me <laughs> behind <laughs> the scenes, you'd see me dripping wet standing at the whiteboard. Naked with a towel and just scribbling things down yes. this random stream of consciousness. Like it's just so that, that was uh yeah, I just that made me laugh when you said the shouting. I, um and I love also that. those conscious, you know, conversations with aligned people are absolutely um I resonate with that as well. I recently went to a TEDx talk and sat in the audience and, and listened to um these inspiring people talking about living beyond the binary. Mm. And that in of itself, being in that space, it just it ignited something in me that I can't really fully articulate other than just this explosion of fireworks. I felt so inspired, so creative. There were so many downloads that came in. It was hard to actually get them all down. And it made me make a commitment to myself for this year that would I would actually get out from behind my desk and I would go and meet like-minded people. Or not only like-minded people, but be in different environments amongst different people, learn from um, you know, people that are different from my own lived experience, who have their own lived experience and they're sharing that. And to be in those spaces and to see, you know, what inspiration strikes for me um, in my life, not just for business, but in just in my life in general. And so I really love that you touched on that because it's like for for myself as an, you know, online business owner, it can sometimes feel like I'm working in this silo and yes. it's very isolating and the ideas can sometimes become stagnant or the flow of ideas and inspiration can become stagnant and that when that happens uh, for me now I know this as I've started to sort of learn where my ideas drop in and at what points in my cycle they drop in I start to go okay when I feel this I need to get out from behind my desk Mm. I'm not saying let's go network every weekend you can if you wanted to but what is something you could do to sh- start shifting that energy? Yeah. Because there will be points in time where we feel that stagnant energy, where we feel low energy, where we don't feel like showing up. And so how can we look after ourselves in those moments of low, low energy or um, low capacity and being really flexible with that as well because you also touched on that sustainability. And yeah. cyclical living is about sustainable living.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And wow, what a vision. The the dripping wet in the towel and taking all the... Like, I see this giant whiteboard. but I know that um, our lovely listeners cannot see it, but I can. And I can attest that, like, yeah. yes, it's a big, giant whiteboard. And I've got this tiny, like, one that can... I don't know, it's the size of uh, my forearm. And I'm like, this, that's not big enough <laughs> to take on all these ideas. But I totally agree in the sense that, like, when these ideas come capture them like I can't trust my memory to to um just recall the depth of inspiration that that um what's the word I'm looking for um is I think it's like the energetic potency that's what it is like I need to capture that in its purest form before it gets filtered and before my, my logical brain is kind of like, but is that possible? And all, all of that kind of stuff, you know, my and my little imposter complex was like, oh, no, no one's going to care about that. Like, well, before all the other little voices come in, like making room for that voice that was so freaking excited to bring whatever the idea was into existence. Um, so I highly recommend um, as well, like just really capturing it in its purest form when it's the highest enthusiasm the highest energetic potency that it have when it first drops into your brain so i love that <laughs> and that is oh gosh.
1: cycle tracking that's mm. i mean i know when, when you think when you look up cycle tracking like on, on google or you know on instagram if you you know the um the hashtags very much it's aligned to menstrual cycle tracking when we talk about cycle tracking but that in of itself like capturing that idea of inspiration that that stream of consciousness that's happening at that time and where you're at, that is tracking your site, that's cyclical living and tracking that. Um mm. and that is is just so potent. You may not come back to that. You may not use that. Um and that's okay. Like, but you've captured something that has in that moment really inspired you. You may come back to it later, months later and go, actually, you know what, I want to talk about this. I have so many ideas that you know my mm. ideas list is ever growing and evolving, Um, and I've captured it somewhere, which is, yeah, so important. But then when I go back to it later and look at it, God, I had this idea such a long time ago, and it's reemerged. It's reemerged a couple of times now, so there's a pattern there.
0: Mm -hmm. This is important. Like
1: it keeps coming back for a reason. Let's be curious about that. What's the reason? What's the message that's trying to get through, Um, you know, for me, for my community? is this something that I should be sharing and giving attention to? Um, Yes, I really like, like, I love how you talk about, like, capturing that because that's cycle tracking. It's not Mm. just cycle tracking in terms of symptoms or in terms of our menstrual cycle, but we can expand that view um, to capturing other, um, you know, cyclical ways of being and, and doing
0: yeah, I just, well, to me, like, because my my memory, I don't always trust it. So I'm like, nah, I'm just going to release any unnecessary claim that, <laughs> um, that I have in my brain. For example, I remember, <laughs> okay, this makes me sound so bad, but so be it if that is the case my partner needed to remember like just four numbers it was for like a passcode for you know those temporary passcodes that we get for when we're re-signing into something we haven't logged in for a while so asked, like oh, can you remember like i don't know let's just say 2468 right and i was like oh can you remember 2468 and i was like okay and then and for the next couple of minutes I was like 2468 and then she didn't ask for it again um like after a couple of minutes and i was like honey like when do you need this number 2468 and she- anymore. And I was like, why on why oh why would you ask me to reserve precious like, you know, short-term memory capacity in my brain for something that you didn't actually need in the end. Do you know how precious that is because of how <laughs> I have dory memory of like what what just happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, to prevent that, now um, whenever I have an idea, I do note it down. But it's just like you said, like, oh, why does it keep coming back? So every time I have an idea and I wonder, is it worth actioning? Because we all have a finite amount of time, resources, and capacity. So I say to myself, does this idea have legs? And what I mean by that is if I were to review this idea a couple of weeks later, am I just as excited to put it out into the world? Because if not, it may not be the season or it might not be aligned anymore full stop. Um, but that's how I keep a track of all my ideas because, again, I get a lot of creative urges and ideas. There's so many ideas I do want action, but I just know I don't have the capacity or time for it right now. Um, but I want to know if it has legs. <laughs> so, and, yes, many of my ideas have, like, sprouted little legs and they're running along with me, and it's quite cute.
1: <laughs> Note to self, does this idea have legs? I really like that. I've actually written it down. Like, I'm like, okay, because my ideas list is massive. This could actually help refine it a little bit. <laughs> does this idea have legs?
0: Because we we say we say in passing, it's like, oh, let's run with this idea. Well, imagine your little idea as like a little bull. and if it sprouts legs and can run with you, then yes, it can. You can run with this idea literally. <laughs> so yes, does this have legs? May that be your filter question. <laughs> All right. It's fantastic. Okay. So there is one question that I do want to ask you before we start coming to a lovely conscious close. And you mentioned launching at one point and I was like, oh, okay. I'm definitely going to circle back to that. Yes. The idea had legs <laughs> because I wanted to circle back to it in this very conversation. So launching so many of us plan in advance because as an ex-launch copywriter, ex-launch strategist myself, yes, you do plan in advance. Like, please do not. I mean, like, you—you you, it can work. I'm not going to lie. You know, it can work if you do it on the fly. But there are plenty of things that could be optimized. Let's just say that. So, again, many of us, when we launch, ideally, you would do it in advance. Like, plan ahead your pre-launch as well as your actual launch and your post-launch. So we may base that on certain things, like how much time we have or other projects we've committed to. And it's almost like our cycles are almost like an afterthought. So I'm curious to hear from you, your perspective, maybe your client's perspective, those you've worked with, etc. cetera. Um, have you seen a or witnessed a situation, a scenario where the cyclical part was an afterthought and then they kind of like burned out because of it or the flip side where, um, you know, the cyclical living part was honoured. Like, do, do you have any thoughts around that, around launching? Because to me, I will admit, my cycle has been the afterthought for many years in my business. only now I do kind of like look at when when's Mercury retrograde have <laughs> yes, I also think of my birthday because like for example, one of my next launches at the time of this recording would be I'd like to wrap it up before my birthday because I want to celebrate my birthday, have a couple of weeks of rest before we start before I start delivery on a live program. So I'm just curious your thoughts about you know launch planning and integrating your cycles into that plan
1: love this because as someone who's emerging in business and figuring out what launching even meant or what it actually entails or looks like and um yeah so I really love this question and yes our cycles or our cyclical way of being can be an afterthought in those moments and some of the conversations I've been having with people in business Um, around having that understanding of your own cyclical nature, that awareness of how it actually plays out for you. So you can plan your launch absolutely um, with your timeframes and your pre-launch activities and all of those things, but then also before you start that, like have that plan process, but before you start then putting that plan into action, then looking at well, how does my how will my cyclical way of being play into this? Whether it's your creative process, whether it's your uh, energetic, um, you know, your your energy and how that ebbs and flows for you when you have your menstrual cycle or um, influenced by the moon, for example. And so, building in that awareness into your actual launch plan will give you some some space to really look at, okay, this point in my cycle, I usually can do bare minimum. So I still turn up for this launch. I still um, are, you know, in that forward momentum and, and, you know, moving through this launch plan. But I know that during this point in this launch plan, I'm going to have bare minimum capacity. So what are the bare minimum essentials that I need to be doing um, or that I can do? You know, what capacity do I have? And what's important, though, is we can plan plan out a launch. We can plan around our cycles, whichever, uh, you know, framework it is that we resonate with and follow. We also need to be flexible and zoom in on what's happening in that moment. And so checking in with our energy um, before we do the, the activity or the, the task at hand. Um, so zooming in is something that I found is very beneficial, in especially as a, an emerging business owner, because there's sometimes where I just need to focus on this one thing. I need to write this sales page, for example, so then I can publish it. And so there may be a whole host of things happening But this is what I have capacity on because I've checked in with myself first. So my list may have had three or four different things to do for that day or that week for my launch, but I can only focus on the one. And so I zoom in on that. And then I also need to zoom out at points in time to then reflect on and look at, okay, well, what's coming up? Where am I likely to be or how am I likely to feel um, through this process? And are the things that I need to integrate and put in place and then support me to continue to show up? So it's not, I know we talk about, for example, like when we bleed in our menstrual cycle, it's a time of rest and and restoring. Absolutely. And I am all for rest as a projector, especially. I I nap as much as possible and then I nap again because that's, that's what sustains me. But I still have, not have to, I take that back but I still want to show up in my business. I want to show up for my community. And so it's like supporting myself through that though. Mm -hmm. What can I build around me to make that feel a little bit lighter, feel a little little bit less tense, be able to show up and do the bare minimum? Um, Mm -hmm. And the bare minimum essentials is something that my uh, business coach introduced me to. And I love that because I'm like there are days where I have a big to-do list. I have all these plans, but when I check in with myself, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the energy or I don't have the motivation. So I give myself a breather. Take a moment. What can I do? What is the one thing that I can do that will continue moving me forward, that will continue um, on this, this plan I have and still be flexible? That plans can change. And then when we think about like that linear world of this rigid way of being, that it has to fit in this one way of doing, and if it doesn't, it's no good. and we we always analyze that. and but giving yourself some grace to be flexible, things will happen, things will change, we will need to adapt. So um, it's very much integrating your cycle awareness into. Um, how you do business you know if you're launching where are you going to be and if it's where you there are non-negotiables in business where you still have to turn up for something but you know it's likely to be um, a lower energy phase uh, of your cyclical experience then how can you support yourself while Mm. still showing up is really important And I know we haven't really touched on this, um, but, you know, one thing I talk about in my community is about cyclical self-care and really integrating that into our everyday and adapting and changing that for what we actually need in our cyclical
0: experience. Okay. I love all of this, and especially from the launch perspective because launches are a time of high visibility and that can take a lot out of the, of people. It definitely has for me in the past, especially when I haven't planned beyond the to-dos, cuz like I can like the to-dos fine, you know, got all the asana board, all of that, right? But in relation to how each of these things, like what degree of energy output is required in order to fulfill it. I love how you're speaking about if you are in a time of low capacity, but you need to work through it, like what can you do for yourself to work with it like to move through it in a way that's not going to kind of like feel like you're tapped out you know so i love that you mentioned that and um i just do want to support uh what your business coach said about you know the bare essentials um you know that you can do in your business um i teach my clients in the sustainable visibility incubator about the three types like the three e's of capacity planning around being visible and the first e is essentials it's the essentials the enhancements and the embellishments and so the essentials is when you're at low capacity like this the bare minimum that you do to be visible the enhancements is the middle ground where it's like okay you have a bit more wiggle room you may not be reaching out for the TEDx stage anytime soon but you know you're, you're there like you can do a bit more right now like maybe a couple collaborations one that feels like quite close to home where you can like expand your comfort zone a little bit and then the embellishments they are the bigger things the things that require so much capacity from you like pitching to forbes or you know speaking on a huge stage or your dream podcast or whatever it is and like it's just really working with what does your business need in order for it to stay afloat and to flourish um and also how can you honor your humanity in the process so i love that you mentioned that your business coach and um, talks about something similar it's like yeah like have that plan of when you just need to look at what you can do like your bare essentials is <laughs> uh, definitely um, a nice thing to kind of lean back on is the thing that supports you when you're like okay I'm at capacity how do I take care of myself and my community at the same time where I don't kind of let go like drop the ball so to speak like drop one ball for another so I love that there's just a lot of balance and awareness here. and I know that we're coming at time and I feel that do you have like any resources, any places where people can find you to learn like where they can even get started? Because we talked about a lot of things. We talked about so many different types of cycle frameworks, um, our experiences with, with them and how it integrates into our business, into our lives. And so I'm just curious to hear from you. Like what is one key takeaway or a nugget of wisdom that you'd love our Quiet Rebels listeners to really take with them today because we talked about a lot so what would bring them to a grounded finish
1: so my one number one wisdom that I would love to share with everyone listening is to release what cyclical living should look like and Mm. embrace what feels true and aligned for you
0: No need for further explanation. Got it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for just that like, reminding us how it can be so. Is it is a personal exploration, and we get to explore that and how it's meaningful for us. So thank you so much for that. Grounded finish. Now for those who are like, okay, this Susanna person, like I, I want to know more about her. Like where where she at? <laughs> so please let us know where can we connect with you online? Where can we find you on the interwebs? So my
1: website, uh, suzannachristine.com is where you can find a little bit more about um, who I work with, how to work with me, as well as I share a menstrual musings blog, um, which is very much inspired by my own menstrual musings around living a cyclical life. Um, I also love, and sometimes not so much love, to <laughs> hang out on Instagram um, at Susanna.Pristine. And I share um, in that space very much ideas and inspiration into how to actually uh, or how to begin to embrace your own cyclical experience, um, which is very much. For me, something that is so important to share is that take what you need from this and leave the rest. And I have created um, Embrace Your Flow, which is my free beginner's guide to menstrual cycle awareness and sick living um, that, you know, touches on the menstrual cycle, the... Um, seasonal cycle, the lunar cycle, and how to begin to track your cyclical experience as well. So it's very much a, an introductory beginner's guide. So if you feel like we've talked about a lot of topics <laughs> today and a lot of different uh ways of being and doing in a cyclical way, where do I start? This kind of just brings it all together in a very much, he's he's the he's the intro to it. Um, And here's how you could also begin to then track your cyclical experience and what that may mean for you. Um, And that is available. uh, You can find that link via my Instagram, Susanna.Christine, or my website,
0: SusannaChristine.com. So for anyone who's like, "How, how do I spell her name and all that, don't worry. I've got it all (laughs) in the show notes. So be sure to drop your website, your Instagram, your menstrual musings blog, and this beginner's guide that I'm curious about as well. So uh, I'll be sure to pop all of that in the show notes. So everyone who's listening, don't you worry. I gotcha. So Susanna, before I let you go, there are two final questions I have for you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So my first and one of my personal fave questions is to ask, what makes you a quiet rebel?
1: Moving at my own pace and really honoring that. It hasn't always been that way. And life threw me a curveball with my chronic illness. But I'm grateful for that curveball because now I'm at a place where I really being able to just breathe and just move at my own pace. And that in itself was like a rebellion. It feels mm-hmm. radical, but it also feels really good to be here.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, uh, this entire conversation has been about like really honouring and moving at the pace that is meaningful to us. So I love that that is your version of a quiet rebellion. So good. And my final question to you is what is a fun fact or a wild story about you that no one else knows on the internet?
1: I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So <laughs> as introverted and highly sensitive as I am, and if we talk about astrology, we'll just a touch on it. My moon sign and my rising sign are very much water signs, so Scorpio and Cancer. But I'm also very fiery, and so I'm a Sagittarius, born in December. And very much, as much as I love time to myself, I love to also do things that are just adrenaline filling. And so one of the most exciting things that I've done so far in my 38 years of life was a free fall jump off a i think it's 250 meters and i can't figure out the feet uh in las vegas off the stratosphere um building where they they do attach you to something but of essentially course. You're <laughs> standing on the edge of this building i think it's about 900 feet um but if you look up the stratosphere in las vegas it will give you all the details stand on the edge they give you one two three or three two one and you step off and you have this free fall experience of looking out over the Las Vegas Strip and I love that stuff. I love seeking out these exciting things to do and my my partner cringes because he's like, I'm not into that. I'm like, are well, you coming with me? <laughs> and so my, it's one of my proudest adrenaline junkie things that I've done is step off this building because if we think about it from a human nature perspective, you're not supposed to step off, mm-hmm. like, just this free fall. It felt like no control. But I landed and I felt like I sounded like the biggest Aussie in that moment <laughs> because I was
0: like, fuck yes, let's do that again. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I I love this. Thank you so much for sharing that experience because um, I'm a fellow adrenaline junkie. So also, as introverted, highly sensitive as I am, I've always loved roller coasters. I've always loved zip lines. And um, for one of my birthdays, my partner um, somewhat reluctantly came with me when she set up a experience where um, I can't remember how many feet it is, but or, or meters even. But um, there's a football stadium in London and uh basically there's an experience where you descend from the stadium and it's pretty damn high and you have a choice of whether to lean forward or like you know look forward like outward or do you look backwards or like you know facing the stadium I look forward obviously and um because I was like oh yeah obviously forward um the people who were strapping us into our harnesses they didn't ask my partner and she's like I want to go backwards <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh honey just tell them and she's like no I can't have you beat me and I'm like okay 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 fine <laughs> but I love that you also have a reluctant partner who kind of tags along to these adrenaline-fueled activities uh just so you know if you're ever in London and you want to do something hit me up we can do that together no worries or if I'm in on your side of the continent and um, the world um then I'll be sure to, be, like, to hit you up like yo Suzanne I'm like what do you want to do do you want to do that like, this huge zip line or something else because I'm totally here for it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm up for that I've said it here, it's happening
0: <laughs> yeah it's happening it's happening I love it and I do want to skydive um once in my life and when I so, finally get over my fear of deep water I, I'm, I probably need to need to snorkel a little around coral reefs but eventually one day I would love to actually go deep sea scuba diving
1: <laughs> well the Great so. Barrier Reef is a beautiful place too yeah okay so that's Again. what we're doing when
0: you give me yeah. okay, okay, <laughs> okay. We're, we're, universe, hear us out. <laughs> we're doing the <a> Great Barrier <laughs> <laughs> i love it but Susanna, seriously thank you so much for all that you shared both from your your expertise and your personal experience i love how your personal experience informs your expertise as well and just like just those really intimate shares i mean like not everybody is is happy to announce like yeah i scribble ideas on my big whiteboard when i'm naked in the shower still dripping wet with a towel around my waist like or or maybe like uh, not just the waist i mean like, more than the waist. <laughs> Yeah, anyhow. Well,
1: there has been times where there's been no tell okay, okay. just putting it out okay. there full transparency
0: all right love that love that yeah, just own it. yeah I have a beautiful naked body um but but I love just everything that we've covered and surely there's a lot that we could go into more depth with I love that you mentioned towards the end about cyclical self-care that's that's a topic for another day but I love that just by sharing your experiences and helping me like share my own. So thank you for that too. Um, I hope that our lovely quiet rebels who are listening is like, okay, here are some experiences that I can have a reference to where I can get started with like just really uncovering, unveiling the patterns in my own typical nature and what that means. in when I think about how it applies to life and business, So thank you. Thank you
1: so much. It's been an absolute joy
0: and so my lovely there we have it so everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes so be sure to head for that link and if you haven't done that already i would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation and of course if you feel cool too i would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet rebels find us Ah, oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back, same place, same time next week for another episode of the Rebels Podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.